Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good midday, and uh, welcome to the First in 10 podcast, episode three. We officially can start crawling and walking. We might even be potty trained by now. My name is Cage DePaulo, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Michael Clement. How are you doing today, Mike? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing well, Cage, and you know, that, that, was, that was a very good analogy. Like, I, I don't know how you came up with that, and I'm not going to ask. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, today is actually a very special episode of the First in Ten podcast. Um, we officially are not right next to each other. Yes. Uh, we are. I am now 71 miles yeah. west of Cage at, back at school. So We are like the uh, Troy and Gabriella of High School Musical except for uh, amateur NFL podcasts. <laughs> but yep, Michael is uh, back at Quinnipiac. I am still five feet away from my washer and dryer. So all things are right in the world of Cage at least. But uh, yeah, we've uh, had a great. How was your Thanksgiving break, Mike? Well, I mean, I saw you like three times over Thanksgiving break, so I'd say it was pretty good. I mean, up until the end, though, it kind of like really sucked because, um, I mean, yeah. So, so we we should elaborate quick. Yeah, I, Michael has had a, a small string of bad luck fall yeah. upon him in the past few days. So, uh, for Black Friday, we have both purchased blue yeti microphones via amazon that were on a great deal because obviously we want to really go far with this podcast and we want it to be the best quality so we both took the opportunity and bought some nice mics as you can probably tell by my mic but michael over there uh is not using a blue yeti are you michael i am not i am currently using my xbox headset because even though we ordered our blue yetis the same day mine did not get delivered to my door before mm. i went back to school and i don't even think it is I don't even think it's gotten delivered there yet because Amazon managed to lose my package. Yeah, I am uh, I'm actually working with a couple close graphic designers. We'll be having a missing sign on milk boxes coming soon. If you do see Michael's Blue Yeti, please uh send it to Quinnipiac as soon as you can, but for now at least his mic is fine. But uh Michael, that's not the only bad luck that you've uh, been struck with, huh? <laughs> Dude, I don't even want to talk about this like no. I, did, I, I I okay, so I I the day before I went back to school, I was at Cage's house. I was just leaving Cage's house, actually. And we went to we went to go get snacks at Stop and Shop. And as one does. As one does, because I was going back to school. And that's when Cage and I departed from each other. I stopped to go get gas across the street. And mm. I, I, every, just, everything was fine. There was nothing wrong. And the world was pretty. The sky was clear. Michael was happy. Up until that point. Yeah, and like... Two minutes away from my house, I like reached down to grab my phone to change like the song I was playing, and I realized that the student ID that I had on the back of my phone was not there, and mm-hmm. I cannot get I could not get into my residential building at all because I didn't have my student ID. So I had to I go mean, get one the next day. I had to like leave my house at seven a.m. to go get one, and I managed to get a parking ticket while. I was getting a new ID. <laughs> I I mean, at least the plus side of this all is uh, Michael and I are actually in a Madden franchise with a bu- couple of our buddies. So because of his hindrance and not being able to leave for school, we got to play our game. And I mean, that was a fun game. Surely you must have won against me, right, Michael? Oh, you'd be completely wrong because you did win. And that's oh, why that's you're right. I did win. I did win. Yeah, so uh, Good segue unfortunately, into football, Mike. Though. Um, so anyway, yeah, let's, right? <laughs> let's let's hop right into it, shall we? Let's yeah, right. Uh, let's 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 stop bashing, Michael. Yeah, let's hop right into it. Uh, let's start off with a couple of the headlines around the league, Michael. Why don't you start? So I mean, this is kind of like going hand in hand with um a recap of last week. So one of the one of the biggest or eye opening things was to me was that 
the Seahawks beat the Panthers, meaning that the Panthers are, have now lost three straight, meaning that they mm. are probably their their playoff chances are you know going down a lot. Yeah, I mean they're still in the hunt. Um, also, my grandma cookies were clearly burnt. Uh, grandma must have forgotten to take them out of the oven because my God, I was could not have been more wrong on that one. I she remember mis- openly saying she mistakes salt excited. for sugar again. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, Grandma, Nana, what you doing? But uh, yeah, the the Panthers lost again. They've now lost three straight, like Michael said. I mean, and this was a team that had what one loss before they lost to the Steelers and they started the streak. So they're just. I think their teams are just exploiting them left and right. Uh, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are playing well, but I I feel like there's just other holes missing. I mean, it's mostly you could the make an argument. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument if Graham Gano made that kick earlier in the game they would have won but obviously he didn't and that's that's that that's just a string of bad luck as it is but yeah Panthers lost again you know who else lost was the Packers sticking with the P's and the NFC Packers lost again but in a crucial NFC battle Sunday night against the Vikings I I mean we said this last week this was another team that could not afford to lose and Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm, Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like Aaron Rodgers Mike McCarthy may as well be packing all of his stuff up in a box and getting ready to leave because he does not have a future in Green Bay after that after this season I should say and it it honestly just seems like the Packers are destined to just flop for the rest of the year they have the same record as the Browns Michael little fun fact for you oh really I actually like didn't put that together until now but the thing is like the Packers aren't really a bad team they have they have offensive weapons they have Jimmy Graham Devontae Adams they have Dante uh, Adams and mm-hmm. I mean, they just Aaron, they just Aaron need a run. Jones. Well, yeah, they just need a run game, and I feel like I mean, Aaron Jones is the best guy right there for now. Well, but the, I mean, I think they need like to draft an actual like uh, like an, I mean, I, not like an actual running back, but like a, I mean, a more talented running back. I I don't I beg to differ, and we won't get too into this. I feel like Aaron Jones is definitely talented. I don't think like Michael and I talk a lot about how the league is kind of in a state were running backs it's just there's so many good ones so many good ones yeah and I feel like it's almost to the point where Aaron Jones is good like he, he gets the job done it's just play calling like Mike McCarthy does he almost forgets what a running back is so Aaron Rodgers needs to throw the ball 45 percent of the time well the thing is and like it's, since, since they like got rid of Eddie Lacy since he like went to Seattle like they they had had they had no run game for like the past two or three years mm. And I guess yeah. like that's probably been Mike McCarthy's play call, but now it's you know now it's working against them. And I think like it's yeah either Mike McCarthy either has to change his game plan, which he hasn't yet, maybe in the off season. But um maybe I mean if like I said if he keeps his job. Yeah, so well that's what I was getting at. We'll it's either there. it's either you yeah. you change your plan or you know you're you're no longer the head coach. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Panthers and Packers both lost crucial games. You know who didn't lose this week, though, Michael? Who? The Browns. The Browns smacked the Bengals in Week 12. So much to the point that it was the most fun Browns game I've watched in a long time. Baker Mayfield seems like the real deal. There were side effects of this game, however. Um, Andy Dalton, as of recently, is actually was just put on injury reserve about a day or so ago, so his season is done. Um, the now Bengals, taking over I mean, is Jeff Driscoll and Tom Savage. So. And Tom Savage, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Jeff Driscoll has really never started a game. He's come in a couple times when they were like losing. 
So I've looked up stats. He doesn't really have any noticeable stats. Tom Savage, on the other hand, our man of the hour, uh, he's accumulated 2,000 yards in his career. He has a five touchdown, seven interception stat. I mean, and this is partly, in fact, that he was like the starter in Houston for like two weeks last season, or I don't even, maybe it was like a game. I don't know. So like Tom Savage hasn't really put up enough, but regardless, neither of these people are quarterbacks that are going <clears> to <throat> bring the 5-5 five and five or 5-6 five, five and six Bengals into a playoff run, that's for sure. Uh, looking down the list, uh, you know who? I should say uh, the Cowboys also won. We were going to bring this up. I was torn between talking about that or a different game. Cowboys are on a three-game win streak, Michael. What do you think about that? I mean, it's huge because, I mean, Lamari Cooper has made probably so much, like, impact already because they've went 3-0 since they traded for him. But um, Mm. I I think, like, the Cowboys are starting to, you know, pull away from the NFC East, I think. I mean, I Yeah, they're, they're still tied with the Redskins. They're still but, tied, I mean, but they're, they're in first place, technically. Yeah, by and Rangers. unfortunately, because of Alex Smith's injury, it doesn't seem like the Redskins are going to give that much of a threatening force. I, I just feel like, and again, we'll we'll keep all these recaps brief because we do have a lot more for the podcast to talk about. I just feel like the NFC East just has never, hasn't been good in a while. I mean, looking back at it, what was it? It was not last season, two seasons ago, or when it was like the, the Redskins made it at like 7-9 and nine or something like that, like... Maybe like the NFC East just has always just been like kind of weird, just not good teams. I mean, this is a fun little stat for you. The Redskins are three and three in their last six games. They're four and four in their last eight. They're five and five in their last ten. They're six and six in their last twelve. They're eighteen and eighteen. They're eight and eight in their last sixteen. Nine and nine in their last eighteen. Ten and ten in their last twenty. 13 and 13 in their last 26 and they're 19 19 and 1 in their last 39. That is like oddly um what's the word I'm looking it, for here? <laughs> I don't even know. Just like I it's it's weird it's just like doesn't happen. Like that that's a weird statistic that like I I what are the odds? I think that just like shows the, like how like inconsistent any any team in the nfc east can be like i don't think they've had a back-to-back winner in like years no i mean they're literally they're the most average of settings uh yeah so i i feel like i don't know who could win this to ca- i mean the eagles could technically come back we we don't know the eagles are sitting there at five and seven so i mean they're what two three two games behind they could still make it it's just the nfc east just seems like the most boring division are the giants still giant in? giants are technically still in it they only have three wins though well, yeah. so they're what they, three they, games they just behind gotta win back out from here on out yeah but i mean other teams need to lose in the division i don't think the giants are in it i think it's if anything you could argue a three-way race but um at the NFC East is just a snoozer to me. Even with the Cowboys, I'm exciting that they've won three games straight. But, like, what are they going to do in the playoffs when they have to play against the Saints or the Rams or the Vikings even? Like, I don't see them pulling ahead of those games. I, I, I don't either. They, they huh. need some serious overhaul. Yep. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think that's another situation where I could see a lot of coaches in that division uh, being removed uh, this upcoming offseason, definitely. So, uh, any other headlines you want to talk about, Michael? I mean, we didn't really touch upon, you know, the whole 
dystopian society Jacksonville has become now that they lost. Oh to the yeah, Bills that's and Fournette got that's suspended, a huge one. and now Bortles is benched. So uh, yeah, so there was a rough week in the Jags Bills. They fought. There was a huge brawl, uh, which first of all I think is completely stupid. What what are you accomplishing by punching players in helmets and pads besides getting yourself suspended and hindering your team? Nothing. Like it, what what was the point of that? If you want to fight, just don't do it ever. Like don't maybe not when they're all padded up. Like you're throwing punches in a dude with a helmet, you're gonna hurt your fist. Go home and just like punch a pillow. But the, the, a team that was arguably four or five plays away, like I believe we said before, from being in the Super Bowl has just crashed and burned. I mean, in the same week, they fire their offensive coordinator. I believe their quarterback's coach, their quarterback uh, uh, coach is their new play caller, Scott Milanovich. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. So they fire their OC. They bench Bortles, the dude who they gave a contract extension roughly a year ago. They gave him a two-year extension. He's benched. He's done in Jacksonville. For Cody Kessler, former Brown, who has an 0-8 record, by the way. So uh, winning, Cody Kessler is not a huge, he doesn't really realize what winning is. Maybe he'll be able to break that. But not having Leonard Fournette this upcoming week against a divisional opponent is definitely going to be uh, tough for the young man out of USC. Yeah, definitely. That's for sure. Yeah, so uh, that th- those are kind of the big headlines. A lot of things to talk about. We obviously don't want to have a two-hour-long podcast. We could probably bring up breaking news from every team. But these are definitely, we think, some of the most important kind of tidbits. Going into uh, our next topic, though, before we kind of get into previews, we feel like uh, we should have, we've enjoyed our discussion last week. So we kind of are trying to stick with the trend of having like one kind of discussion every every podcast. So, uh, Michael, want to explain kind of the topic at hand that we're going to be talking about right now? Yeah, so um, this was like given to us by our friend Tyler, who I think he was listening to WEI. I, I, I think so. I, I just want to credit them so we don't get... But like, first and 10 is better than WEI, but he probably was listening to them, but oh, you know, first we, and we, 10. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be saying that just yet. Um, but anyway, so um, they were talking about how... Full disclosure, I don't know what WEI is. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So anyway, wait, is it a is it a radio? Wait, wait, I actually don't know. It's a, is it, it a radio it's, show? It's regional. It's a re- regional radio show in the Boston area. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then maybe they're a little better than us. They probably have more followings. But regardless, first in ten sports is life. So continue. Okay. I digress. Okay. So anyway, um, they were just talking about how like, I, I I think the way that they were putting it was that like, using the Chiefs and the Rams game from two weeks ago as a case study. They they were talking about how, I mean, it was such a high scoring game because the defenses kind of like both were letting up for the most part, um, and so um, they were talking about like how they these these off I mean these teams with good offenses they were, they've kind of indoctrinated mm. a new like defensive philosophy that is different from what you see with the Patriots where they have a good offense but sometimes their defense is a little iffy so. They, they the defense tries to like bend but don't break so they try to let up as I mean few scores few as points possible. As possible yeah yeah and so the Rams and the Chiefs ha- and kind of the Saints have we have we I mean as we have seen this like this season season yeah now uh, they they've kind of been doing the complete opposite they've been trying to ball hawk more with their corners they've been trying to blitz a lot more and I mean in turn it's been causing a lot more 
scores, but at the same time, they're, they're just going for turnovers. They know that their offense, or they have more confidence in their offense to come back and just throw up more points than to just try to like make stops. They're trying to get turnovers instead of making defensive stops for the most part. So they, a question that like arises from this is that will teams like start adopting this philosophy where it's turnover or touchdown versus bend or don't break? Uh, so, yeah. So basically would teams start to look at having their defense focus more on either getting a takeaway or if you don't get a takeaway, just let them score because their offense is going to score. Um, I guess I'll start. I don't know. It's weird. Like I understand the discussion and it honestly plays a little bit into what we talked about last week with how like overpowered offenses have been in the league. But I feel like this is kind of a defensive like play style that can only cater super offenses. Like using an example of the Seahawks, maybe. The Seahawks have a good offense. Like they're not great. Obviously they've won. They're still in the playoff hunt. But do the Seahawks have as good of an offense as the Rams and Chiefs where they're able to just say like, listen, try to get a takeaway, uh, like a fumble, a sack, an interception, because Russell Wilson's going to go out there and regardless, we're going to get three or seven points no matter what guaranteed. And the answer is no. I, yeah. I don't think the the Seahawks couldn't do that. Like, they're just not good enough. And, I mean, the, I'm not picking on the Seahawks. There's plenty of other teams. I don't think the Browns are like that. Like, I don't – like, so I think it's weird where I think it's a good kind of style of defensive play to kind of fit just how crazy offenses are in the league right now. But I can't imagine a ton of teams kind of shifting to it because they know their offenses aren't – the Rams aren't the Saints aren't the Chiefs aren't the Pats aren't the Texans like they know it's not like that where you know what you know Deshaun Watson just you we're gonna put him on the field and he's going to get us three or seven points if he doesn't it's shocking and I I, I there aren't many teams that are like that compared to the teams that are Michael your take well yeah I I completely agree with that because every single NFL team is different every single NFL team has different players different play styles that tailor to those players and above all, they have different schemes to be even mm. begin with. So it's it's really weird to consider that like defenses will just start you know giving up points for off for their offense to come back and try to like get those points back to like get ahead from like a deficit that way because there are, are very few offenses that should be able to do that. It's like yeah, you can have the confidence, but you you got to put where your money where your mouth is, a hundred percent. And like like you said, like me and you are both saying it. Like like how many offenses can you think of right now that are just that high powered that they're scoring that easily? It's like, it's only they're, three, they're, and it's the teams that have been doing this right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I mean, as good as the Patriots are, I, I there's we watch games. Tom Brady isn't scoring every single drive. There's stuff that happens, and it's not saying Tom Brady's bad, but just their offense as a whole isn't this, like, super unit exactly. that's just the, the, literally trugging down the field and putting up usually seven, rarely three, but some kind of number every single time they are they get the ball. And, yeah. and while I think this defensive strategy is clearly proving to be successful, I mean, Aaron Donald, a defensive tackle, leads the league in sacks with 14 and a half. Like, he's a monster. 
you know, looking at like the Chiefs, the Chiefs are playing great football. Like their defense, we know their defense isn't strong, but Patrick Mahomes is putting up points every single time. Like it, it's proven to work. These are the three best teams in the league. We're, we're everyone is assuming it's going to be Chiefs versus Rams or Saints in the Super Bowl, but you just can't do that with every team. Like look at the Colts. Andrew Luck is honestly, I think he's having an MVP season like lately. He's thrown. Since they've been on their five-game winning streak, I think actually since before then, to be honest, I think it's a longer streak. He has thrown at least 300 yards and three touchdowns every single week. That's crazy. That's insane. But I don't think Andrew Luck's offense is that good where their defense can play this takeaway-style football. And you can just be like, Luck, just go out there and just put points every single time. Because look what happened against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not a very good team at all this year. And I think they barely won, right? Let's look at, let me pull up the score real quick just to double check. Yeah, they won 27-24. to They won by three points against a bad Dolphins team. Yeah. Like, as good as Andrew Luck is, he's not putting up seven every single drive. So it wouldn't work with them. Yeah, it, it works with very few guys. Mm. Yeah, so I I mean, it, I feel like we will be seeing more defenses incorporate it because you know there's going to be teams, whether new head coaches and whatnot, that see the success because this is what happens in the league. When teams are successful, other teams, especially new head coaches, new general managers, want to mold through that. They want to kind of fit that style. I mean, look when the read option was kind of big when Colin Kaepernick got to the Super Bowl. We saw all these quarterbacks running read options, kind of like like we saw a ton of mobile quarterbacks until we realized they're way too fragile. Success is always going to be duplicated in any sport, and any profession. I think we're going to see teams next year have defenses very similar to the Rams, Chiefs, and Saints. I don't think they'll all be as successful. We might see some. Some might like surprise us, and we'll have another super team like that through free agency in the draft. But I, I don't think many will work out. Well, yeah, it's 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 very similar to the way the West Coast offense and the read option became big around the time of Colin Kaepernick back in 2013 because the Niners were doing it so well, and so were the Seahawks. So, I mean, I, we saw a lot of teams start to incorporate that, but what, like two years later, defenses are now able to just stop the read option, so it's becoming irrelevant again? Like, I, I feel mm. like the same or similar thing is going to happen if defenses start to incorporate this, because now, like, what, like, if you know that a defense is going to just let up points, you could just drag the game out. Like, you can, yeah. you can just, like, stay, have, like, really, like, long, like, offensive drives, and you just run out clock, you give the opposing offense less time to come back and respond to those points that you put up. Yeah, it, it's I mean, like we, like I said we're, we're going to see it happen. There's going to be teams that will try to duplicate it. It's just a matter of if they're successful or not. I, I don't think many will be. I'm sure some might, but It'll be interesting. I, I definitely don't think it's something we'll see very popular, though, because of how dangerous of a strategy it can be if you don't have the Megatron of offenses or the Optimus Prime of offenses that are literally just going to beat up any opposing defense they play and then, like, turn into a truck and just drive through, you know, the tunnel and leave. Like, yeah. it's just it's not going to happen. Uh, so, that I, I mean, we'd love to hear what you folks think, too, through social media. Honestly, I, we definitely want to 
get our social media going more. So if you hear this and you'd like to put input, please respond. Let us know. We'll definitely uh, be vocal and talk about it because I want to know, you know, obviously Michael and I aren't the only football minds with opinions out there. Yeah. There are plenty of other people. If you're listening to this, clearly you are a football mind with an opinion too. So uh, please tell us what you think. Our other topic of discussion, though, uh, a little more simpler, not as intricate, is uh, kind of revolving around um, the New York team in blue, the New York Giants. We briefly discussed earlier, they're not having the best of seasons. Just seems like a lot's going wrong there, a lot of drama. And our kind of discussion is if we think that they messed up drafting Saquon Barkley. I do not think that the Giants messed up at all getting Saquon Barkley because what, they had the third pick, third or second pick? Second, they had the second pick in the draft. They had the second pick, and I mean, Baker Mayfield was going at one, as we found out. Um, and there, I mean, there was no, I don't think there are really any other rookie quarterbacks that are that were worthy of being taken at number two besides Baker Mayfield, and he did not well, drop. I mean, we're saying this with the knowledge now. We do have to kind of look, take, you know, remove the current a little and realize that back then, I mean, when they took Baker at one, no one thought he was going to be this good. Yeah. It was Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. So you can make the argument that they should have taken Darnold because he was at that time. I mean, I still think Darnold is going to be good. I think Rosen, I think these quarterbacks are just, their offenses have no pieces and they're kind of, you know, they're going through rookie struggles. But I, I think... The Giants should have at least considered taking Darnold or Rosen. I'd, it's it's a tough call. I will preface. I mean, the 2019 draft class. I don't know college football that well. I'm sure Michael can elaborate more on this. The college football, the 2019 draft class for quarterbacks, isn't looking the greatest. It, and, it really isn't. Because and bearing oh, some kind of shock. Um, no, no, I apologize. I was just saying bearing a shock. I can't imagine Eli Manning is playing for them next year. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's tough, and I actually have the, the list of 2019 free agent quarterbacks. And, I mean, this is just a, these are just kind of like the top five or six, Michael. So we have Tyrod Taylor, Josh McCown, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Schaub, Ryan Fitzpatrick are kind of like the top free agent quarterbacks for this upcoming offseason. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the highlight. He's, he's the, the really the only starter on this list still. Tyrod Taylor is going to be okay. Like, I mean, he's only going to be 30 next year where everyone else is almost 40 on that list besides Bridgewater. I'm sure a team will sign Taylor because he obviously wants to start. I think Bridgewater is the best bet. But, I mean, there's also a chance New Orleans signs him because they want him to be the future after Breeze. So we'll see there. But, I mean, again, so free agent isn't really – there's not a lot of pickings there. The draft class Um, doesn't look as good either. It does. It doesn't look as good, and I mean, I I think I think they kind of messed up. I don't know. I to me, like we we said earlier in the podcast, I feel like the state of the NFL running backs are just so good. Like there's just so many good running backs in the league, so many. And yes, Saquon Barkley is revolution. He he's putting up great stats. He has 829 yards. He has eight rushing touchdowns, 12 total touchdowns. He's the I mean, he's, this he's is, the run game that the offense ne- that the Giants offense has needed for years. Yes, but who's to say, you know, put Philip Lindsay, put Nick Chubb, put a bunch of these later round Matt Breida, put put like these later round running backs in that spot and I mean yeah they might not be as good like as crazy you know shifty and nimble as Barkley they might not have as thick of thighs as Barkley does (laughs) as we've seen 
those thick thighs, but they're still going to get the job done. And the quarterback is the most important position in football. And Eli Manning just, I mean, it's not just him. I, I can say this. I honestly don't think Eli's all to blame, but he's not playing hot. You can tell he's aging. The offense doesn't really fit his style. And I don't think they should have drafted like Darnold or Rosen to start this year. But you need a, a next up because what's going to happen is who, who's going to play? Kyle Lawletta, the dude who got arrested earlier, like this past month. Like he, they clearly, yeah. the, he's not something you want as your starting quarterback. But yeah, I mean, yes, Barkley's great. He's crazy. But when you're looking at it and Eli's not playing there next year, are you going to put Barkley under center and have him take snaps and throw passes as well as run? Well, I mean, obviously you can't. And I mean, to add on to your point, the 2019 like draft class for quarterbacks right now is pretty abysmal. I mean, the Giants basically have to pray that Will Greer just falls into mm. their lap. Because other than him, there's really nobody. I mean, they're fortunate they'll have a top five pick. They'll have, so, they'll have mean, a top five pick, so it's possible that they'll get Will Greer. But, I mean, in the event you, that they don't, I mean, I think I would like to see Terod Taylor take over the Giants. That's that's just my take. So, I, I have a take. I think Jameis Winston. Really? I, I, I like – I so, let me explain it. I, Jameis Winston wasn't on the list, but it's being very apparent based off of the – season the Buccaneers are having where, you know, they bench him for Fitzpatrick every other week. Clearly, they're moving away from Winston. The He was the, he was the first pick in 2015, right? He went before Mariota, I believe. Yes, he was. Yeah. They're, they're going to move away from him. I, I personally think Winston would be great there because, you know, he's a very big personality guy. As well, they have Barkley, so they have a great running game, something he never really had in Tampa Bay. And they have OBJ, they have Evan Ingram, they have Sterling Shepard. So they have pieces, and I think Jameis Winston is good. I just think he needs a change of scenery. I think he just needs to get out of that area, you know, change of pace, new coach. And I think Jameis Winston would do well there. I, I mean, Telrod would be great, but from seeing him as a Browns fan, the few games I've seen, he I don't think he would match Beckham's style of like Tarod Taylor never throws long balls. I think in the four games he started as a Browns, he threw like one 50 yard pass and it was a Hail Mary against the Saints. He dinks and dunks down the field. And we see Odell Beckham Jr. hates that. He vocally goes out in press conferences and he's yelling at the media about how, you know, the Eagles literally had wide receivers practicing at cornerback, but yet they didn't throw him the ball or didn't throw the ball to him. Like he clearly wants to make all these plays. Well, I mean, let me let me let me go on the flip side of your argument here because it's not like Jameis Winston didn't have any good targets in Tampa Bay. Oh, I agree. I mean, I mean had, Mike Evans is an Mike elite Evans. receiver. He had Deshaun I mean, Jackson. Yeah, he had Deshaun Jackson. He had, I mean, he had Doug Martin for a little bit. So I mean, their run hmm. game wasn't abysmal for like a long time. Yeah, I mean, but Doug Martin, he was okay. I, I mean, this is we're kind of getting off the topic on if they, they messed up with Saquon. We'll, we'll kind of reel it back in. I I think they did because I just don't think there's going to be many opportunities this upcoming free agency and draft to get someone, and now you're putting yourself in a scenario where this young person is going to have to start. So you're in a weird rebuilding, but how are you going to rebuild when a rookie quarterback or a young free agent has to now start right away. It, it's a weird, and like I said, like the Giants could draft some dude that nobody knows about in the third round next year at running back, and he could be just as good as Saquon Barkley. 
that's just a weird state of running backs right now. There's so many good running backs. It's literally a plethora. Like, you could look at every team, and there's probably a decent running back on that team. I would say 90% of teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so I guess... Yeah, go, go I mean, ahead. I apologize, Michael. I, I, I still think that you couldn't pass up on Saquon Barkley at number two if you were the Giants. Because, I mean, it's just that the running game was such a big need. And, I mean, mm. you, going into the season, who knew that Eli was going to flop like this? Yeah. I, I mean, I, we, I guess you're right. We don't know. And they are fortunate with the draft. Even though it's a weak class, there could be someone that comes out. Looking at the draft order right now, it's 49ers at one. They're not getting a quarterback. Raiders at two. They're not getting a quarterback. Cardinals at three. They're not getting a quarterback. Jets at four. They're not getting a quarterback. Then Giants. So Giants can sit pretty at five right now if there was if they, like all of this stays the same, and they'll get the first pick at the quarterback because none of those first four teams need a quarterback. the 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 49ers signed Garoppolo to a mega deal. The Raiders have Carr. The Cardinals have Rosen, and the Jets have Darnold on rookie contracts. So the Giants are sitting pretty, and even though it's a weak class, they do have the potential. So, I mean, they could get, like, Will Greer, like you said, and it could work out. But I'm sticking with my answer. I think they should have just played it safe. There's way too many good running backs. Saquon Barkley, he, he's not revolutionary. He He's, you know, he's good. He's like Todd Gurley. He's like Melvin Gordon. He's what everyone thought he was. But, I mean, Philip Lindsay is killing it. Nick Chubb is killing it. You know, Sony Michelle is killing it. Kenyon Drake is killing it. Matt Breida is killing it. These are all, like lesser named people and they're playing almost as well as Barkley is oh yeah I mean that's that's definitely something to agree upon but I, I, yeah. I don't know there's just too much that goes on in the NFL that you can be able to just map out that this was or most of the time you can just be like this was the reason that this happened you can't really do that really with this mm. case right now i mean maybe like three yeah. years down the road we can see yeah but like right now it's it's, it's, too it's a little early we don't have enough stats in, in you know games to, to determine this this is just kind of you know another discussion like we said we kind of want to have these discussions every week it's kind of interesting to go back and forth mm. i love getting in heated arguments with michael <laughs> michael loves telling me i'm wrong it kind of works but uh final verdict michael you're saying that they made the right pick i think they did make the right pick all right. Well, I guess only time will tell. When uh, we have episode, you know, three hundred of the first and ten podcast four years from now, and uh, we'll make sure to bring up this conversation and kind of take a look back at that. How does that sound, Michael? I, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, save the date, folks. First and ten podcast episode three hundred. It's already going to be titled the Saquon Barkley verdict. Two hundred and ninety-seven <laughs> episodes later, coming in twenty twenty-two. So 2022. just be on the lookout. Yeah, coming in 2022. Look, look out for that, folks. So, uh, guess uh, diluting or digressing, I guess. I'm not that best with vocabulary. From our uh, heated discussion or discussion, let's get right into the uh, meat and potatoes of this podcast for this week. That's why we're here. Give some game previews. Give some insight. Helpful banter. Uh, Michael, want to take the reins? We'll start. have you start off since I did last yes, week. So, Thursday night action. We got uh, Saints and Cowboys, both division leaders, or, I mean, the Cowboys are technically tied for their division right now, but I think this is going to be one of, like, you know, the the better game, Thursday night games we'll see, mm. I mean, for the remainder of the season, because if this is, I mean, I think there's more weighing on the Cowboys here than the Saints, because yep. I, I think going into it right now, just just a snapshot here, I think the Saints have advantage 
in just about everything except for home field right now because this game's going to be in Dallas. But this is, yeah. I mean, if the Cowboys can make a statement at home and beat, like, the Saints, probably, I mean, the team that's topping the power rankings right now, I think mm-hmm. that the Cowboys would have something very, very good to build off of for the rest of the season and the playoffs. But, I mean, that being said, it's going to be a very, 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 very big test for them. Yeah, I, I mean, also, the Saints, I think they do still have a lot to play for. Um, I think as much as the Cowboys, because they're right in it for first seed in the playoffs, which would be huge, because obviously they don't want to take the risk of going to L.A. to get to the Super Bowl. They, they know they beat the Rams in New Orleans, so they want to make sure it's in New Orleans again. The Saints are also on a 10-game winning streak. That's crazy. They literally lost week one, and then they were just like, yeah, we're sorry we lost to the Bucks, guys. We know it's embarrassing. We're just going to literally be every other team we play. <laughs> um, so, like, the Saints are, are just unstoppable. Ten-game winning streak, it, it's it's crazy. I think it's going to be really tough. I think Dallas might hinder them a little bit. I also think Dallas's defense is sneaky good, like we've said before. They definitely yeah. have one of the better defenses in the league. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe that'll finally be a test for the Saints. But uh, I, I definitely think it'll be an interesting game, one of the better Thursday night games. Hopefully it's not a blowout. I personally would love to see a close game. I don't want the Saints to be putting up, you know, 70 points against the Cowboys. And for that to be that, Cowboys need to win it. Uh, Michael, who do you think is going to win? Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I, actually, no, no. I take that back. It's going to, it's going to be. A He's close changing game. his mind. I'm changing He's my changing mind. He's changing his mind. I misspoke. Uh, it's going Live to be on the a air. closer game than what most people think, but I think I'm still going to go with the Saints. But how about with the you, Saints? Uh, I'm sticking. I'm I'm sticking with the Saints. I think ten game win streak. The Cowboys have a nice three game win streak, but I don't think they'll be able to beat the Saints. I think that's going to end. I still think they'll be sitting pretty with the division, but uh, we'll see tomorrow night, folks. Well, tomorrow when we're recording this, of course. Next up, we have the Bears at the Giants. Yikes. Uh, I guess, honestly, that's all. We'll go to the next game. I'm just going to say yikes. Um, <laughs> yikes. Alrighty, Cardinals-Packers. Um. Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals-Packers. No, um, so besides the yikes, we the, the Bears, 8-3. and three. They're also another very good team. Very surprising good. I mean, we've said, like we said, we're big Khalil Mack fans on this podcast, or at least I am. Khalil Mack is helping that team win. Giants are not winning by any extent. We've discussed the Giants a lot today, so we'll try won't to go too much into it, but you know, the Giants wins recently, their past two, the only reason they have three wins was they beat the 49ers and the Raiders. No, not the not the Raiders, uh the Buccaneers. I apologize. 49ers and Buccaneers. Both two terrible teams. So, at least they're better than those teams, but I they're not going to beat the Bears. Uh the Giants O-line is not going to be able to stop Khalil Mack. Um, they they do have a little bit of a benefit. It's at home, and as of now, as we're recording this, it does not look like Trubisky is playing. Our man of the hour, the Mandela effect, Chase Daniel, <laughs> is looking to start again. And uh, he obviously, I mean, Michael, you saw his Thanksgiving game. It wasn't that it wasn't the best. I mean, he got the job done, but you can definitely tell Trubisky has more talent than Daniel. Well, yeah, I mean, Daniel was very excited for. I mean, a very lackluster performance that he put up, mm. to say the yeah. least. I mean, he he's doing just enough to keep the Bears afloat right now without Trubisky. And without I Trubisky. Mean, but, and it still causes me to, like, question if 
he's able to do it again. Mm, definitely. I, I, I mean, it could be a trap game. He's fortunate where, while Trubisky's injured, they're not playing the greatest of teams. Like we said, they're playing a, a just shambled Giants team. Who, but at the same time, this Giants team was honestly a few plays away from beating the Eagles. So they, they could be a lot closer. The Giants, you can tell they're fighting for wins. They're they're not giving up. I'm going to stick with the Bears. I, I personally. agree. Bears, yeah. So, uh, yeah, after our yikes game, now we'll go to the Cardinals-Packers. Yeah, Packers. we'll go to Cardinals-Packers, which is a smaller yikes. A, I mean, a tiny yikes, if you yike. will. Because, I mean, like an oof. People Almost are, like an oof. Yeah, people are still, I mean, hailing the Packers as a perennial playoff team. But, I mean, what, they have four wins right now? Four, I mean, six, you, you and got, one. Like, I, I think people need to start treating the Packers as a four-win team right now. They really aren't mm. because, I mean, they have Aaron Rodgers, who is in the conversation for one of the greatest of all-time quarterbacks. But it, the team isn't playing well right now. And that's just a no. fact. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of the, the best quarterbacks of all time. It's just there's not the, nobody around him on all cylinders. Their defense isn't playing the greatest. Their offense doesn't look like anything. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I was reading, has been sacked 34 times. And I believe that is the second highest in the league as of now. And guess what, like, pro football focus grades the Packers offensive line, Michael? Um, I'd give them, I think I'd say a four out of ten. No, the Packers offensive line, as of coming into week 13, is graded as the second best all-around offensive line in the league. Really? Yep, and Aaron Rodgers has the second most sacks taken so far. Wow. So, I mean, what does that say? I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is clearly taking a lot of time in the pocket, whether that's because the players around him. Surprise, surprise, folks, Geronimo Allison is not, you know, he's no Jordy Nelson, believe it or not. I don't know if you were shocked as well as I was about that. <laughs> also, a surprise fact that when you run the ball three times with a decent running back, you're not going to win many games. You do need to have a run game. Yeah. And, I mean, but, uh, we're, we're kind of doing the Cardinals, you know, a disservice right now by not really talking about them that much. because True. I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, what is there to talk about? I mean, they have a new offensive coordinator. Larry Fitzgerald is finally alive in their offense. He's put up, I think, mm-hmm. around three touchdowns or three or four touchdowns in the past three or four games. He's, mm-hmm. he's getting involved. I mean, Josh Rosen yeah. is getting the passing game kind of going. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's improving. So You know, Michael, I mean, I'm saying the Cardinals are winning. That's my, t- that's my guess. I'm saying Cardinals. I'd say, I mean, even though the Cardinals right now might be the better team, I'm going to say Packers just because it's a home game. And mm-hmm. it's probably one of those frustration games after, you know, they, they lost such a important game. So hopefully they put some flight into this one. Hopefully. David Johnson, two touchdowns. You heard it first. This is my guess. Cardinals are upsetting the stinky Packers in our oof game of the week. Up next is uh, a little more of a, I, I'd say, a little more entertaining. Hopefully there are a little less fights. We've got the Colts at the Jaguars. Uh, big fan of Cody Kessler because I'm a huge USC and Browns fan, so I'm rooting for him hardcore. I honestly hope he does well. He's a good dude. I uh, was 15 feet away from him when I drove all the way up to Cleveland to watch him play the Patriots before the Patriots stomped the Browns and Tom Brady's first game back from his suspension. But we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about the Colts and Jaguars, Michael. Andrew we Luck are. is a... 
<laughs> Andrew Luck is riding high. I'm going to keep talking so I don't cry. <laughs> uh, he, he did take a sack, unlike what we said. But I believe, Michael, you, you said he you thought he was going to take a sack last week. Or was that me? One of us said that. That was me. Uh, I'm pretty sure. That was you, yeah. Yeah, you did predict it. He His five-game streak of no sacks ended. He took one. The Jaguars' defense, they're looking to get another one. I will say if there's one spotlight to this team, their defensive line is still very good. Jalen Ramsey is still one of the best cornerbacks in the league, despite how badly they've been playing. It's I don't think they're going to win, though. Um, Cody Kessler has just a bad deck of hands for this game, at least. No Fournette, a brand-new offensive coordinator. I mean, it's almost like it's training camp, and they're getting him ready for the preseason. He has to learn a whole new system with Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon and not their all-pro. Not very good when Andrew Luck is putting up MVP numbers, like we said. I think even though this is in Jacksonville, I think Andrew Luck's walking away with a win, and he's getting ready to play the Texans next week. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the The Jags are kind of just packing it in for the season. I think mm. the Colts, you know, are, I mean, obviously they're one of the contenders for the AFC South, so they still got something to fight for. Yeah, I mean, they're only two games behind. They're they're literally playing the Texans next week. That'll be a huge yeah. game. And uh, even, speaking even, of t- even if the Texans don't win, I mean, they still have, I mean, Sorry, even if the the Colts <laughs> you're jumping the, the gun here. Yeah, even if the Colts lose to the Texans, you know they they have, I mean they they still could earn a wild card spot. They're still there. No, yeah, they're they're still right in the thick of it with Baltimore and you know even Cleveland and Broncos. They they're still in the fight. I think Andrew Luck will definitely sneak his way in there, even if they don't win the division. So uh, yeah, next speaking of Texans though. Yeah, speaking of uh, Texans, the they, are, team? they are hosting the Browns at one p.m. And, I mean, the Browns are coming off um, their first two-win streak in, I mean, since 2013, I think it was. 2014. Give them some credit. I, I'm giving them uh, one one year too many. But anyway, I mean, <laughs> they might be getting a little high and mighty right now because um, Nick Chubb has told NFL Network earlier today that um, Freddie Kitchens, their new offensive coordinator, or interim offensive coordinator right now, is um, saying that Chubb will be able to call plays on Sunday if Georgia ends up winning the SEC championship on Saturday. So, no, he did not. It, I, this is this is canon. This, this is this is true. This is oh, canon. that's hilarious. So, I mean, that's we a... can, you can see Chubb getting two passing touchdowns on Sunday, maybe. But anyway, um, so yeah, the Browns are Browns are rolling, Texans are rolling. This is probably going to be one of the best one o'clock games this week. I mean, I was petitioning on my personal Twitter account at Cage Apollo. <clears throat> That I think this should have been flex of the Sunday night game. Obviously, what they did flex, and it's the Chargers-Steelers is going to be a good game, but I think this is a good game. They're, both teams are cooking. The uh, Texans, gonna, little little, uh, little tidbit yeah, for was, you, Michael. I, was, I apologize. I was just going to say I didn't mean, it was going to be a good game, but, but, but yeah, back to you. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to. I apologize. I, I shouldn't have taken the talking stick from you right away. I should have waited a second. The uh, Texans, just trying to give a little quick fact here, they are the first team to start 0-3 and then win 8 straight. Really? If you don't know, normally, I forget the exact percentage, but when teams start 0-2 in the NFL, it's like a 10% chance that those teams have made the playoffs. It's something just improbable. And, I mean, the Texans are in the front of the division. They they started 0-3, not even 0-2. And now they've won 8 straight, looking to make 9. But like Michael said, the Browns have also they've they're on their first win streak in years. They won their first road game in years. Their Freddie Kitchens is cooking, and they are uh, Baker is the head chef in the kitchen right now, and they are breaking every record that the Browns have sadly 
made over their abysmal last few years. I'm taking Browns. Michael, who you got? I mean, I, I'd love to see the Browns win, but I think the Texans are going to win this one. I think the Texans are going to – it'll be close. I think it'll be close. I'm super excited to see Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield on the same field. I, I, I think that's going to be great. It's like, it's, like, it's like a bowl game all over again. <laughs> all over again. Hopefully uh, Georgia wins. I'd love to see some Nick Chubb play calling. Uh, moving over, though, to the next game of the week. We've got a divisional game in the NFC South, the Panthers versus the Bucks. Uh, we headlined this a little earlier. The Panthers are on a three-game losing sleep, losing streak, not sleep. Use your words, Don't Cage. slur a word. Yeah, use more words. We're, we're all trying around here, folks. And uh, the Buccaneers are also apparently playing for the first pick in the draft. I think the Panthers break their streak. I, I To be honest, I don't even know who the Bucks decided they're starting a quarterback this week. Is it Winston? I think it's. Or did I think it's. Uh, I think it's Fitzpatrick. It, it, that wouldn't even shock me. Just switching back and forth. Regardless, it's Winston Fitzpatrick. Whoever starts, the other one will probably play by the third quarter. I think the Panthers win this game. They need to get a winning streak again. Start winning if they want to be in the playoffs. I think the Bucks have good pieces on offense. We've kind of highlighted last week how unfortunate all their defensive injuries are this season. They've lost a lot of good players for the season on defense, so they're kind of very thin at that position. And I think Cam Newton being as good of a quarterback as he is with players like Devin Funches, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, is just going to light up the field and put up a ton of points against his Buccaneers defense. Their offense could keep it interesting, especially if Fitzpatrick is a starter. I mean, he's fits magic, Michael. He'll probably throw one 75-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson 30 seconds into the game. Everyone will blow up Twitter saying Fitzmagic is back, and then he'll throw seven interceptions his next pass, his next seven passes. So, yeah, I, I'm going with Panthers on this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Panthers as well. Uh, it's just I, I don't see the Bucks, you know, keeping Christian McCaffrey at bay. Yeah, it'll it'll be way too, and I mean that that's one person alone. You're we're not even talking about their wideouts, Greg Olson and Cam Newton. They have to somehow maintain Newton as well. Yep. Let's uh stick with divisional games though, Michael. And how about you talk about the Bills and Dolphins? Yeah, so we got uh, Bills playing in Miami. Josh Allen's back for the Bills. They just came off of beating the Jags, which is I mean it was a surprise win for me. And mm-hmm. the Dolphins just took a loss to the Colts. It was a close game as well. I mean, both of these teams are still technically in it for the AFC East. But, I mean, at the same time, how how close can you ever get to beating New England in the yeah, division? Yeah, I mean, the, the Bills are kind of in it, but do you really see the Patriots losing four of their next? They'd have to technically lose all five, and the Bills would have to win out. Well, no, the Bills, are, I don't yeah, s- Bills are four games behind. Dolphins are three yeah, games so- behind. But the so, Patriots I mean, beat the Bills, so it, I mean, if the Bills wanted to be in it, they'd have the Patriots would have to lose the next five. It's just it's like a fight for a wild card spot for both of them at this point. But I mean, mm. I think the Bills are looking a little hotter than the Dolphins right I now. I agree. So uh, Josh go Allen Bills. played very well. Josh Allen played very well. I'll leave a little fact. Um, I'm gonna go with Bills. I think the Dolphins just ha- don't really have an identity. Brian Tannehill isn't the uh, answer. Um, Brock Osweiler isn't the answer because it's not October, so Brock Brocktober's over. Brock Osweiler doesn't play good football anymore. Kenyon Drake is good. He's really the only big piece. I mean, Mike Jacecki, their tight end, hasn't really produced much. Devontae Parker hasn't really produced much. He's had a weird, dramatic season. 
I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. I think Josh Allen is playing well. I think LaShawn McCoy's playing well. I think they're going to start a little streak. I, I speaking agree. Of, speaking of starting streaks, though, Michael, we've got the Broncos and the Bengals. Broncos have a nice little streak going, if you didn't know. They've uh, won the last two, beating the Chargers and the Steelers, two AFC powerhouses. Are the Broncos, like, good? Are, are maybe, like, maybe Case Keenum's good now? I I, I don't know. Uh, I think they definitely are very fortunate to have to play an Andy Dalton-less Bengals, um, a Bengals team that is arguably one of the worst defenses in the league as of late. They were down 28-0 to the Browns with like 30 seconds left before halftime before Andy Dalton threw a garbage-time touchdown, and we're literally calling it a garbage-time touchdown in the first half. Their defense is crazy. A little fun fact, Michael. L- another tidbit. I'm just going to keep the, the cage knowledge coming for you keep him rolling keep him rolling keep him rolling so baker mayfield threw i believe it was an 11 yard touchdown to antonio callaway at the beginning of the game i believe end of the first quarter the Bengals dropped eight people in coverage on that play they only rushed three Hmm. and baker mayfield was still able to throw a touchdown pass with eight people in coverage that's yeah that's terrible that's really bad (laughs) Most defenses, if you didn't know, when you're dropping eight people in coverage, you're usually playing a very prevent air attack defense. You're not really rushing the passer that well. But on the flip side of not rushing the passer, you're not really letting up a touchdown in the red zone. You have eight people covering 10 yards. It's it's a pretty good chance you're not going to get, get – they're not scoring. Uh, the Bengals clearly didn't get that memo, and the Browns scored. <laughs> so I think the Broncos are going to take this opportunity. Phillip Lindsay's just as good as Nick Chubb. Case Keenum isn't terrible, and I think they're going to ride up to Cincinnati and tell the Bengals their season's over. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, there's not really – I'm as a, if I'm a Bengals fan, I would not be confident in either Dr- Jeff Driscoll or Tom Savage. <laughs> or Tom Savage. Yeah, or ke- keeping them alive for playoff contention yeah, at this As point. of now, Dris- Driscoll is the starter. Uh, we'll see. And he could play shitty, and I apologize for the language. Jeez, he could play terribly, and uh, they they could go with Savage. Savage was just picked off waivers, so he clearly doesn't know the system. I'm going with uh, Broncos. I think we both are in this one. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, speaking of nothing related to the speaking AFC of West. AFC North teams, <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of AFC North teams, I mean, Michael, have... let me do the cutaways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you I'll... have a lot to learn, young Padawan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we got Ravens going to Atlanta. This is like another pretty good game. I mean, Lamar Jackson's getting the start again. In, in his two last starts, he's 27 for 44 for 328 passing yards, 190 rushing. He has two passing touchdowns. I mean, no, he has one passing touchdown, one rushing, and he's thrown three interceptions. So he's been like pretty good for Baltimore. I think this will – I mean, obviously playing an Atlanta team that – I mean – it's never easy to win in Atlanta, even though the Atlanta Falcons are kind of mm. falling off a little bit. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean the Falcons are kind of on a weird place. Matt Ryan leads the league in passing yards right now. Julio Jones, I, I think Julio Jones still leads the league in receiving yards. Well, it's just it's just that the Falcons are afraid of getting anything done in the red zone. They always get yeah. there and they always somehow screw up. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's weird, and I honestly think this is a big game for Lamar Jackson too. Because if he wins this game, 
Joe Flacco, I think he's uh, he suited up for the last time in Baltimore. I can't imagine yeah. uh, Jackson, as much as I believe, and I think Michael also believes, my fellow coach, that uh, he does need to little learn a little bit more. I, I think if he gets them on a three-game winning streak and wins an, a big away game against the Falcons, I think that the Broncos kind of keep him as their starting quarterback for the rest of the season. You mean the Ravens? Sorry, Ravens. I'm still in a game behind. I, you know, jet lag, folks. It's really getting to me right now. <laughs> jet lag from I going. jet lag from my couch to the back room. Yeah. It's uh, I'm about thirty minutes behind. I apologize, <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go Falcons this game. I think the Falcons, Falcons? are you know gonna finally get it together at least against the Ravens. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I I think we can both agree. I I think I don't know. I I think. The Falcons could win. I think they should win. But I, I also didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to start 2-0. and So we could see home field advantage does help. One Matt, though, that definitely uh, doesn't have the best home field advantage to him is Matt Stafford on the Lions, who's playing the Rams this week in Detroit. And even though the home field might be there, uh, I really don't think that's going to matter when you're going up against the prolific offense of Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Brandon Cooks, and Todd Gurley. Right, Michael? Well, yeah, like, I mean, obviously you can't stop the Rams at this point, especially if you're the Lions, if you just lost to, yeah, they just lost to, they they just lost to Chase Daniel. So, mm-hmm. I mean. Not Chase Daniels, folks, Chase Daniel. <laughs> The, the Rams are, uh, you know, a couple notches up from Chase Daniel and the Bears. So I think that, I mean, the Rams kind of have this one easy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Matt Patricia and Troy, and I really think that they will be able to have something. Carry on Johnson seems very good. Matt Stafford, I'm not knocking on him. I'm just saying compared to the Matt Ryan's matchup, it's definitely not as favorable for him. Um, and, you know, Kenny Galladay is playing well. He's all right. Um unfortunate they have injuries in the wide receiver position and they traded Tate but I I don't think Matt Patricia is stopping this Rams team to be honest I really don't know if the Rams lose another game this season unless if they sit out players week 17 I'm gonna go with the Rams on this one and I agree um yeah and I mean yeah we have another I mean a couple hours after this game we have another kind of landslide game I mean we got Chiefs Raiders he did it folks he Oh, what a great segue! I'm proud of you, Michael. Thank you. I'm, that was that was I'm that was sly. I liked it. I was seeing where you're going with that. I liked yeah. it. Please continue. We are, we are experiencing live growth for me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> round of applause, people. Yeah, there's there's not really much to say about Chiefs Raiders because the Raiders are pretty much tanking. Tanking? Well, unless you're Derek Carr. So Derek 52 Carr. players on the team are tanking. Well, yeah. Derek Carr. I mean, not there's not really much to say. I'm I'm Chiefs are gonna win, obviously. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's really tough to. I mean, we can talk about the Raiders. Uh, you, I'm sure Derek Carr will try. It, it being an open might help. Will. Jared Cook. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I, it's it's going gonna be all Chiefs, just like the Rams. This is another game where another prolific offense is gonna just put up a ton of numbers. Yeah. Um, it, although unfortunately, we're not able to keep the train of prolific offenses going because next we have the Jets and Titans. Two. Uh, I don't. What would you call their offenses? Uh, two questions? Question marks? You ever see that like video of like those two kids, like fighting in karate, but they're like not landing any kicks, but they're just spinning mm. around. They like they're trying, yeah. but they're like really not doing anything. Yeah, like, that, yeah. those are the Jets yeah. and Titans. They're That's just, the Jets and Titans. Yeah, 
I mean, like the Titans uh, had their they they had their Super Bowl against the Patriots. They're not really going <laughs> to do much after that. I feel is uh is Sam Darnold going to start this game? This might matter. Um, um I don't. I, I haven't think seen so. anything. As of now, I have not seen any updates that Sam Darnold is starting. So we're getting Josh McCown again, who yeah, isn't terrible. It's, it's, but... not, it's not confirmed that Darnold is going to play or not. But, I mean, mm. he just participated in drills for the first time today. I don't think he's going to yeah. come back for this game. No, I, I definitely agree. And, I mean, the Titans, obviously, they haven't been the best. They beat the Patriots, but uh, there's definitely a lot of holes on the Titans. I think they still win, though. I think they might be the karate kid that gets, like, one kick in. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think they're going to put up a ton of numbers. I think it'll be a very low scoring game. I think Mariota still wins this. Mike Vrabel honestly hasn't been a bad head coach. They've won some, some good games. And for a while, they're still in the playoff hunt for a while. They were really in the playoff hunt. I'm going to give it to the Titans in a game of karate kids, not hitting each other as Michael calls it. (laughs) I I agree. Mariota (laughs) is probably going to slice up the he'll jets land the house. one punch and then the jets are gonna cry and run out of the mats and yeah. you know no, that'll, be that'll just be a ring out and that's that's a automatic win for the titans mm. um yep speaking of titans i mean the bane of their existence right now i mean the bane of the patriots existence right yeah now. you know i'm i'm, I'm just gonna like let you do the transitions from now on Anyways, um, speaking of Titans, speaking of another Titans, Titan in the NFL, ooh, another Titan ooh, in the AFC and NFC. Yeah, so we got Patriots and Vikings. Yeah, Vikings, ahead, Patriots, Michael. Vikings just beat the Packers. Um, Kirk Cousins is hanging in there in Minnesota, but they're playing in Foxborough, and teams in Foxborough that are, I mean, away teams in Foxborough usually don't fare too well. So mm-hmm. I, I think just going off of that. I think I think the Patriots have this one. Yeah, I, I mean, looking through the Patriots' home games this year, the closest home game they had was against the the Texans, only lost by seven, um, and the Chiefs. I mean, but that's the Chiefs. I, I don't think the Vikings are at the level of the Chiefs. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is good, but I, I was actually seeing a reporter, I forget who, uh, tweeted, he feels like Kirk Cousins... Every game, he's guaranteed to have at least one Kirk Cousins moment where, like, he'll fall back backwards and throw a pass just like vertically up in the air, and it'll be a pick six, or like he'll accidentally lateral fumble, like some crazy play that you're just like, why would you do that, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, and yeah, um, obviously cannot do that against New England. <laughs> no, and even though I think this is one of the weaker New England teams in the past few years, it is. like you said, it being at home is a big advantage to them. New England fans show up and. I, like the Vikings just don't have enough firepower, I think, to prevent Bill Belichick and his crafty, sinister minds on how to shut down Kirk Cousins. I I, I agree. But speaking of shutdowns, Michael, oof, we've got the man of the hour, the greatest quarterback of all time, Nick Mullins, Mullins Mania, who uh, Mullins Mania, folks, who was shut down against the Buccaneers, only putting up nine points, but. That's fine. I digress. Nick Mullins, it's just those rookie bumps, baby. He's uh, It's his show until, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's back. But for now, it's his show. And he's playing in Seattle. So uh, Nick Mullins had a very fortunate three-game starting streak um, against the Raiders, the Giants, and the Bucks. All very not good teams, you could say. Yeah, and now but he's, now now he's, he's going on, up against the 12th man. <laughs> he's going up against the 12th man in Seattle who's streaking. And obviously, they're fighting for a playoff spot. 
Uh, th- this is going to be a very tough game to watch if you're a 49ers fan, and I love Nick Mullins. I mean, I'd, but I don't. I'd I'd play devil's advocate here because the Seahawks in the past few weeks, I think they've averaged about 140-ish rushing yards given up by their defense, and I mean that that just is really good for Matt Breda and the Niners. So I mean, I think it's going to be a kind of close game, but I still think Seattle's got it. Yeah, I mean, I think they can definitely keep it close because Seattle's 12th man isn't as strong as it used to be. Their defense isn't the greatest. Also, this could be a trap game. I mean, honestly, this could be something where the Seahawks are riding high off two big wins against the Packers and Panthers, and they kind of underestimate the 49ers. They don't prepare enough, and the 49ers come in, like you said, Matt Breida takes the rushing defenses to the advantage and runs it up. Nick Mullins is able to find George Kittle, who's apparently a fantasy superstar this season. They could win. I'm going to stick with my gut. We're not living in the twilight zone right now. As much as I would love to say my man Mullins is taking another dub, I'm going to go with the Seahawks on this one. And I, I agree with that one, too. Yeah, you know, you know who did take a dub, though, Michael? Who? Our uh, NFL record breaker, Phillip Rivers, who oh, set yes. 25 straight completions. Yes, and he is playing Sunday night in Pittsburgh, which, I mean, I, I think, honestly... Going back to what you said way before about how the Browns and Texans should be the Sunday night game, I think this is, I mean, just that times three. Because they're, they're yeah. two playoff contenders. This is like a potential mm-hmm. wild card matchup, assuming that like the Steelers aren't able to get that two seed back from New England. Um, yep. But I think it's going to be back and forth. I mean, obviously, the Chargers are at a disadvantage after losing Melvin Gordon, though. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll definitely be good. I Like I said, I obviously wanted the Browns and Texans to be Sunday night because I've never seen a Sunday night game as a Browns fan, and I think it will be a good game. But the Chargers and Steelers, it is literally a playoff game, basically, or a pre-playoff game. You know, the preseason of playoff games, they're getting ready because in a month and a half, we could see the same exact game. I think the Steelers have a slight edge in this one because it's at home and they got they lost to a Broncos team that I think they should have beaten. Um, ben Roethlisberger is as good as it gets. I think Juju Schuster, Antonio Brown, James Conner, they've got a lot of pieces. Melvin Gorn does hurt them a little bit. Austin Eckler isn't terrible. But Phillip Rivers is also playing a great season. Um, the Chargers could very easily win this. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh, you know what, Michael? I'm, I'm going to say the Chargers are winning. I think Phillip Rivers is riding that high of breaking an NFL record of being benched in before the fourth quarter even started because the game was already over at that point. And I think he's going to win against the Steelers. I, I agree with that. I'd, I'd like to see the Chargers come in because I think that most people are going to think that the Steelers are going to win this one, but I feel like the Chargers do have a very good chance despite losing Gordon. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm being bold today. I'm feeling risky. <laughs> you know who else is feeling really risky? Oh my god. You know who's feeling risky, Michael? I'm who's, waiting. Who, I'm waiting. Who's, who's feeling risky? Oh, well, I'll tell you who's feeling risky. The Redskins. The Redskins are feeling risky, Michael. By getting Reuben Foster. By getting Reuben Foster, Michael. You you knew where I was going with that. I'm glad. See the chemistry, folks. It's live building right here. Team building 101 with Cajun Michael. Yeah, the uh, the Washington signed Reuben Foster yesterday and if you aren't aware who he is he was the previous first round pick i believe two seasons ago 
um, by the 49ers, a middle linebacker who has had trouble with domestic abuse in the past. Um, the previous allegations got dropped by his girlfriend at the time. But Saturday night in Tampa, he was arrested for domestic abuse allegations. And we're not going to get into that. Terrible, obviously. We don't condone that. But the 49ers did the right thing. They released him. That was that. And the Washington Redskins signed him. Now, another uh, sticking with a fun fact day, Michael. Today's uh, National Cage Give You Fun Facts Day. The Redskins are the only team to put in a waiver claim for him. Can you tell me the one team that actually called Tampa police to get the official police report from the incident, Michael? Um, I'd say that it wasn't Washington. Just, just it was to go, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, just to go with the irony here. like. <laughs> yep. It was, it was the Washington. Philadelphia Eagles were the only team to actually see what happened with the report while the Redskins signed him. I mean, although just like, a little interesting the fact. Redskins did come out and say that nothing is given with Reuben Foster, I think they're, they're going to like just get – I think they just wanted to pick him up so they can do their own investigation. And once that investigation is up and they somehow, somehow see that – he should be playing. I don't really see how you can go around multiple domestic abuse or violence charges, but I mean, the Redskins yeah. might. I mean, it's very similar and not in the domestic abuse case, but to the Mikel Kendrick case, which to fill you in, if you're listening and you're not well aware, the uh, previous Super Bowl champion linebacker, Mikel Kendrick, I'm Kendricks. probably mispronounced Michael Kendricks. I know it was spelled weird, um, was signed by the Browns this offseason, playing really well. But then was being arrested or had a charge against him for what is it called, Michael? I'm I'm honestly blanking. It was inside like gambling. Inside it was, no, it was, insider trading. Yeah, it was insider, insider trading. Yeah, the trading. So obviously the Browns like you know what you do with no, good teams. You they released him because he's going to face time in jail. Well, he currently is, and the Seahawks signed him, and the Seahawks basically were just like, we know you're going to go to jail for a very very long time, but you're not in jail now, so why don't you play for us? And they did that, and I feel like the 49ers, or I apologize, the Redskins are basically doing the same thing. They're like, we know you're a very good player. You're probably going to be going to jail within the next couple weeks, but why not help us get a few wins while before you uh, are behind bars? I'm not condoning this by any means. I'm saying it's really dumb, but that's what they're doing, and uh, it's, uh, I, I, it's not going to help them. I mean, he doesn't know the system. He doesn't really know what's going on. I just it's a really head scratching move on a team that seems like their season's falling apart ever since Alex Smith broke his fibula. Um I think regardless of this all the Eagles are still going to win. They they were the Super Bowl chance for a reason. Their defense as abysmal and injury prone or injury like hit as it is, I think they'll still beat Washington. I don't think Colt McCoy is going to really win this game against them. Carson Wentz in the offense is just way better. The Redskins' defense is not better. Um, Actually, I believe it was DJ Swearinger came out yesterday, and he literally said that, like, practices are a joke. I, rough translation, I forget the exact quote, but the verbatim of it, or, like, you know, the translation was, he said how practices literally seem like a joke. Like, coaches aren't taking it seriously, players aren't taking it seriously, and, like, he was saying how he wants to leave the team next season because of that. So I don't think a team that's uh, goofing around in practice is going to win a big divisional game Monday night in Philadelphia. Yeah, this this game's going to cause, you know, uproar in Philly one way or the other. It's either going mm-hmm. to go the good way because they have a primetime game for the first time in a while. Wasn't it like the last one was literally game one Thursday night? Or did they have another... 
I don't remember them having another one before then. I anyway. can. I'll, I'll... Anyway, but um, they they they're either going to be happy about that and winning and beating. I mean, trying to take over you know the Redskins' position in the division standings, or is somehow Colt McCoy is going to saunter his way and and clumsily beat the Eagles, and then Philly will riot. But I, I think yeah. I think I think the Eagles have this one. I want to give them benefit yeah. of the doubt. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Eagles as well, you know that's uh, yeah I just think the Washington Redskins have lost all luster like the Bengals since their star quarterback got injured and I just think there's a lot of weird things going on there. I think they are another team that the head coach might be changing at the end of the season, and I'm gonna go with Eagles. And uh, just like that, that wraps up all of our Week 13 preview right now. We're probably all wrong. We'll probably all go. Oh, and whatever, however many games, 14. Yeah, we should probably be God keeping knows. a log to see if, like... Ah, we'll be fine. That'll be for episode four. Yeah, that's episode that's, four. That's for the future. But anyways, Starting episode you know, Cage, four. I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of hungry, Cage. You know you know what I could oh. go for? I, I know what I, I could go for. I, I, I could go for some grandma's cookies. I could as well. So, I mean, I think you should start off, and I, I think I started off the last time. I forget. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What, you know, what cookies I'll, are you regardless, to the table, I'll start. Oh man. Well, so after my grandma's cookies got burnt last week, I uh, had to really evaluate. I sat down with Nana and I was like, "Listen, I, I love your cookies, Nana, but we we got to make them right this time. We got to bake them. We got to we got to put the right temperature. Add some chocolate chips in there. Maybe some oatmeal raisin. And uh, we came out with a good product. My grandma's cookies for this week. I think Austin Eckler. I am very excited to watch him play. We talked about this a little pre, uh, pre-show before we started recording, but he's proven that he's very good. He has 760 total yards this season, only four touchdowns, but honestly, for someone that barely gets into the game because Melvin Gordon's a workhorse, that's not bad. He has almost 1,000 total yards as a backup, and I'm really interested to see him as a workhorse this Sunday night against the Steelers, who aren't the best at the run defense. I mean, Philip Lindsay rushed well against them. Nick Chubb played well against them. I think Austin Eckelor is going to have a game, and I'm ready for that cookie to be cooked perfectly and for me to munch down on it Sunday night. How about you, Michael? So, I mean, I'm going to go a lot more broad than just one mm-hmm. player here. I'm going to mm-hmm. go... My 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 cookies, my, my, my grandma, you know, she, she, she made too many cookies. Yeah. We, have, we have two batches. I'm going to have to give some... Always happens. Because... Grandma's always making a ton of cookies. My, my cookies for the week are... The whole AFC North. All okay. Because okay. Okay. I feel like this division right now is probably one of the most fun to watch. Because in mm-hmm. this week will I mean prove that because they all had I mean every team has a pretty good game. We in a different situation too. I mean, literally the Browns are in last place for the AFC North, but they're only three games behind the Steelers from for the top seed. So. Mm. I mean, right now, I mean, that the Bengals are. are, yeah, we're going to, I mean, this week we're going to see, I mean, how the Bengals will fare without Andy Dalton for the rest of the season. J- and on the opposite, we're going to be seeing Lamar Jackson just getting started for the Ravens with his third start yep. here. And I mean, the Browns are on a win streak and the Steelers are the Steelers. playing like pretty much a playoff matchup here. So it'll be really interesting to see literally how all these teams fare this week. You know, Grandma Grandma Clement over there might be cooking up a Jeff Driscoll five touchdown win against the Broncos. You never I mean, know. That's not really what I was alluding to, but maybe we'll see. 
Yeah, you never know. Those could be those cookies. I mean, the AFC North could all win. I, I like that. I like it. The AFC North. Yeah. Excited to watch them. I am too. But as we pop those, you know, cookies into the oven. In the oven. We're, 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 we're going to sit for a couple yeah, days. We're going we're gonna to probably have to wrap up this episode around now. I think we've covered mm. just about everything. We've covered about everything. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we've got all the bases covered. Grandma's cookies are sitting in the oven ready to, uh, ready to bake for the next couple days. Uh, how'd you, you know, I had a good time, Michael. You have a good time today? I had a good time too. Um, so to wrap things off, do you want to plug our social media accounts for us? Cage? Oh my gosh. You know, I would love to, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed Michael or me, if you just enjoyed me, if you just enjoyed Michael, which I have a very hard time believing if you just enjoyed Michael and not me, yeah, why? <laughs> you know, follow us on social media. We've got a first and 10 pod, the number 10, that's first and number 10 pod on Twitter, uh, or and SoundCloud. Facebook, it is, f- and SoundCloud. I apologize. First and number ten pod for Twitter and SoundCloud. Same thing We've for got Instagram Facebook. too. Instagram as well. Well, we're gonna start that up soon. We've got a first, then the and sign ten on Facebook. And then we've got first and number ten sports.com. First and number ten that sports.com. That is our com. very own website. That is our own website. We uh we paid for that domain. That is ours. It is our little baby, and it is growing by the day. So definitely give us a follow. Our personal Twitter accounts. Mine is at Cage DePaulo, K A I G E. Michael, your Twitter account over there. Mine is Mike Clement. So it is M I K E C L E M E N T with an underscore oh, at the end. Him. Look um, at him spelling his whole name yeah, out. Spelling my whole name in case they don't know how to spell Mike. But um, well, anyways, <laughs> thanks thanks for listening. Um, we'll, we'll see you next week.